All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Afternoon, Bloods and Crips. That's how I'm starting it off. Bag milk this week. Oh, gangster-like. Hell yeah. Real Life Podcast brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries. Another week, another show. Big, big things happening this week. Starting out, bag milk is your birthday. What's up with that? I did it. I made it. Why aren't you aging? What's up with your pact with Satan? Hey, we made a deal. Yeah. I'm here. What did you surrender uh, to be immortal? Just general, you know, caring for things really? and people. Wow. <laughs> Except beats. The yeah. joke you tell people is like, oh, you haven't aged a day. Oh, you haven't aged. You literally have not aged a day. Have you seen right. any signs of aging of yourself in the last 10 years? I'm starting to get gray hair. On your toes, in your hair? Like right hair. in the front of my hairline, I'm starting to get gray hair. So I'm hoping I go complete salt and pepper. It'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Be fantastic. Hilarious. Yeah. You, you got no, like, you don't have any wrinkles. You really don't have any other signs. of. You're 23 forever? Was that when you made your pact? I think so. Yeah. Hmm. I just really want to go to another much music video dance party. Oh, and fit in. Yeah. Fantastic. I can't be the old guy at the video dance party. No, 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 no. Generally, those people are either the teacher or arrested. That's right. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to boogie. Are they still doing them? I hope so. What else is much music doing? Well, it's sad. The Chum Building. Remember where like Speaker's Corner was and the, yeah. the very iconic building on was it Young Street? It's empty. No. Yeah. Really? It's empty. I saw something the other day on the internet about it. Uh, you know, familiar with the internet? All the computers linked together in the World Wide Web? Yeah. Oh, I remember uh, Electric Circus. Oh. Everybody dancing at that in that building. Best. Yeah. Man, uh, I would watch that, and I'd be like, these people are at Studio 54. Ding! I felt Studio inspired 54. by those moves this weekend. 
at the pint. I was boogieing. Yeah. Had my moves going. Well, you we found got... a D floor at the pint? I was, I was just making one. Oh. Wherever well I was. Done. So for those of you who weren't following this week, the boys went down to Calgary on Saturday in a bus filled with alcohol and Oilers Humans. cheer and human beings. We and had real life people there. Yeah. It went hard. Went the hard internet down became there. real for 27 hours. So I heard, because I didn't go, I heard you guys were drunk by noon, was the word in the street. Easily. Yeah. We left by 11.30. We were drunk by noon. So you left at 11.30. What were you drinking on the bus? What was going on? Bud Lights? Beers. There was... We had four flats of uh, nation beer that was uh, circulating around. Oh, four flats. Why was everybody drunk, said the police inspector. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of fireball going around. Oh, nice. There was just random flasks of things. Sipping uh, juice? Yeah. People would just hand me a flask. They're like, bag milk, take a shot of this here flask. What's in it? Don't worry about it. All right. Down the hatch. No concerns about roofies? No. Nah. None. I mean, that would have been a bonus. Nice. <laughs> oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. It's my birthday. <laughs> exactly. We party. So then you go to the game. The Oilers fail to win. Started off well. Yeah. We had a good time for about three minutes there. Yeah. Four minutes. Yeah. We had the goal reviewed. We won the review, which very rarely happens. So mm-hmm. that was exciting. And then? Talbs kind of uh, kind of let us down there. Yeah, he didn't look sharp. Really? Three goals on seven shots. Boy, yeah. oh boy, oh boy. End of the year, hey? And everyone's just... Putting the stamp on and mailing it in. Yeah, that was a that was a clear sign of checking out. Montoya came in and did a good job. Yeah, shut the door. Yeah, shut the door. That arena is a dump. Oh my god, I'd never been there before. Awful. Really? Yeah. How about the like the trek to our seats? Like they obviously because we're there's fifty behind the bench in a box. I assume. Well, we were there. up on like one edge of the saddle, so you can't see the other side of the ice. But like. This is like a trek that like required a base camp, Sherpa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Everyone was dying by the mm-hmm. time we got to our seats. A lot of stairs. Mm-hmm. And then they had this weird generator go off for a while at the beginning of the game, just causing some weird growling sound. And then when they turned off, everybody cheered. It was probably the biggest cheer from our section. For real? Yeah. What? Yeah. I feel odd. like they're pur- purposely running it down. Like the last couple of years of Rexall plays, like... You don't want to not have that new arena. Look how many pixels are burnt out in the scoreboard. There's like one working pixel. We were sitting above the press box. Above the press box. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Calgary's a dump altogether. Like the whole city, in my mind, should just be burned and started again. <laughs> like, let's just take it back down to ground, put everybody in tents, and start again. You know? We were right across the street from arguably, in my opinion, the grossest McDonald's I've ever been to in my entire life. In Calgary near the arena? No, it was near no. our hotel. Oh, 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 oh. And I posted a picture of it on Twitter, sure. as I do. Yeah. And a bunch of people were telling me how crime-infested that area of the city was, and they called it the Crack Max that we were sitting next to. So they were like, good choice, boys. Stand in, stand in stab country. Yeah. Thanks, Hotels.com. There was like a permanently parked cop car. Like We saw like the whole time we were there that didn't move. Um, with no cop in it, it? Just, 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 just a cop oh. car there just to like... <laughs> Say hey, there's cops somewhere around here, but yeah, that McDonald's. I remember like going in the in, in the morning, like you know, feeling a little vulnerable and hurting and delicate after you know an Oilers loss and a epic pint night, and uh, just the crud. Like it was the filthiest McDonald's had all the old <laughs> plastic furniture in it. Like you just did not want to be in there. It was disgusting. Was the food okay? Well, yeah, like that's where like the system works. Like behind yeah, the scenes, yeah, yeah. like they turned out a good egg McMuffin and a hash brown, and the sure. OJ was delicious. Great, but the setting was disgusting. I watched Chris go through a range of emotions when we walked in there. He's like, "Are we really eating here? Yes, we're eating here. Oh my god, am I eating this stuff right now?" And then it turned out fun. 
it's again, pr- the system works. Yeah, it's amazing how McDonald's can push out the deliciousness anywhere. I remember one time I went to New York to watch an Oilers game, and I ended up, I think, being in the state of mind. You guys were in at noon on the, from the sounds of things, and I ended up in a McDonald's in Harlem. And this is like maybe 03, 04. And I remember like weaving around through the line, looking at all the people, being like, where am I? Because I've been in the subway. And I looked, and it's like, congratulations, McDonald's Harlem. And I was like, Harlem? Oh, no, that's, that's dangerous. <laughs> but is it still dangerous? Because New York's gentrified. And I was like trying to process in my mind whether or not I was in mortal danger or not. Food was still good. McDonald's can make that happen. Shout out to Ray Kroc for making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good flick. Have you ever seen that? Fantastic. Founder? Yeah. It's he was ruthless, though. I didn't know. I think you got to be. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're that guy, I mean, that's a very interesting movie. When he's driving around selling the milkshake machines, at the beginning you feel for him, right? They do a good job. Michael Keaton does a really good job in acting. But like, imagine being that age and still stressing out about whether or not you were going to be able to make a go of it, especially having all the seemingly ambition that that guy had in the movie. He wanted to make something of himself and just couldn't. I think that when he saw his lane, you could also know for sure in that movie that had the McDonald's brothers been left to their own devices. There would be no McDonald's. Today. Exactly. I wouldn't have enjoyed a tasty Egg McMuffin on uh, Sunday morning when I was super hungover. <laughs> at the pits of hell in Calgary. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So everybody's drunk at the game, and Coom, Cam Lewis, our good, good buddy, decides to... <laughs> New editor-in-chief, by yeah, the way. Yes. To celebrate his ascension in the corporate world <laughs> by stealing a shovel. Allegedly. Right. Well, I'll go so far as, far as to process this and say it had happened. So he, tell me how this goes. You... We're all standing at the entrance of the Saddle Dome just being drunk idiots. Yeah. We're yelling things, having a good time, and all of a sudden, here comes Coom round the corner with a shovel over his head like a triumphant trophy. Like a Stanley Cup? Yes. Wow. And we're like, where did you get that? I don't know, he says. Yeah. And that was, just kind of, that was just kind of enough for us. We just accepted that. Shovel ended up on the bus, mm-hmm. allegedly, and uh, I ended up sitting allegedly next to it on the way home. And is that the shovel that's upstairs with a prime seat of importance around the table? That's right. Yes, oh, it is now. And, and it's supervisor. such a shitty supervisor. The new cam. Such a shitty shovel. It's a horrible like, shovel. It's the most narrowest blade I've ever it's seen. It's the Calgary Flames of shovels. The minute it walked on the bus, people would, would want to hold it of like course. a staff and whatnot. Sure. So it became known as the uh, shovel of truth. Right. Mm. Uh, so you had to profess your. You, know, you couldn't lie within your hand. It's like the lasso in uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. It was fitting that the Saddle Dome had such a shitty shovel. Yeah. Like the Johnny Gaudreau shovels. Undersized. Crappy. Exactly. Well, they, it was modified. They made mods on that shovel. For real? They shaved inches off either side. It is a very narrow shovel. Can it be knocking at my door? Unbelievable. All right. All right. Well. It's only fitting that when we're talking about the flames, there's a knock at the door and everything goes to hell and the crappiness of the saddle dome leeches into the crappiness of our podcast. Let's move on from Calgary yes. and talk about more interesting things. So... Finally, you're on the bus, and the soundtrack to the trip, as I saw it on Instagram, was embarrassing. Creed? What do you mean embarrassing? Creed? Creed was amazing. Creed? Slash still is amazing. Like, if you hear it, it was, it was fucking, like, Be- Beyond charging. arms wide open? Creed? Oh. I hadn't heard higher in a long time, too. Higher, my sacrifice. Oh, that's a good track, actually. Grant you that. Yeah, exactly. Like, is Creed Nickelbackian in their level of people love slash hate them? Well, Yes. Um, but they also don't have like the disog- discography. Is that the term of uh, album? I guess production. Like they've only got like the one or one, maybe two albums. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and defend Nickelback here. I love Nickelback. I can tell you the story about why too, which is great. Oh six Cup Run Game Seven. Until that point, I didn't really love or hate Nickelback. It really wasn't a thing. 
but I knew a lot of people hated Nickelback. But then they played Saving Me as the intro to Game 7 Stanley Cup Final. I had an emotional experience. I became a woman that day. I love Nickelback thereafter. Oh, that was so Highly bad. divisive. Saving Me and Chris Pronger together in a song. Yeah, so no. Good. Amazing. Yeah, uh, I think that Nickelback doesn't get a lot of respect despite selling millions and millions of albums. Yeah. If you don't like them, you don't like them. It's fine. Why they are make, they? Yeah. They're like cookie cutter rock is what they are. And it's fine. If you like that style, hey, I got jams that I like by Nickelback. You yeah. put Rockstar on right now. Amazing. I'll have a good jam. Animals. Great track. Absolutely. Yeah. Why you do know? people hate them so much? Just because what's his nuts is so unlikable? Yeah, he is a douche kind of. Yeah. Is he though? I mean, he was married to your cousin, Jay. Avril Lavigne's your cousin? Well, there's, uh, there's family rumors that would suggest we're linked somehow in uh, by blood. There's a, a grandma. grandma's sisters. Yeah, my grandma shares the same last name, and there's rumors that, like, yeah, that's it's a the it's squire a, is a skater boy. Unbelievable. Yeah. If we need to go to ancestry.com. We need to go to 23andMe. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to advertise until it's official, official. But yeah, like among, amongst friends, I will uh, declare it to be true. Well, you just said it into this fake podcast that we're doing with people knocking at the door every 15. Here's a minutes. fun fact though about Nickelback. I did some research on the Google. Uh, they've sold 50 million albums. Yeah. How bad uh, can they be if yeah. they're selling 50 million albums? <laughs> to compare well, the Abra Levine bought them all. But to compare them to <laughs> an iconic Canadian band like Rush. Or the Bare Naked Ladies. Or Bare Naked Ladies. Uh, Rush has sold 40 million. Bare Naked Ladies has sold. One second here. 23 million. What do, you think? what do you think? I'm going to say 15. 15 million. Remember, they got hot with because of the one uh, album down in the States, and they sold a whole bunch of re released their catalog. And they're getting a bunch of money from the Big Bang Theory. They make a oh, fortune. All the that. money. They're like the Rembrandts with the Friends. Anthem. Absolutely. But also had a career around it, too. Which yeah, they the got good jams. Yeah. They did. When they brought them out at the Junos like for the reunion, all of them look like they've been well paid lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They look successful. And then there's that super group that they had on Hockey Night in Canada the one week, and it was like after the game, and it was like the Bare Naked Ladies guy. Yeah. Who else was in that group? I don't remember who was there, but I was just rattled they didn't play the old apartment. That's my jam. Bare oh, Naked Ladies. Oh, that is a good track. That is a good track. Smasher. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> club anthem. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Usher. In the club. Listen to the old ladies. apartment. So what um, you guys threw out some numbers? Million. I said 15. 15, 23? Yeah. What do you predict? You guess. Well, I've got the answer. Well, I know. So I'm going to guess. <laughs> let's go to my Wikipedian brain, and I'm going to say 20 million. Oh, shit. 20 million. 20 million. That's impressive. And now, like, haven't they rewritten the rules for, like, gold, silver songs and platinum albums and shit? It's like, I think you have if to. you sell eight records, you have a gold record now. Otherwise, Lil Pump's not getting shit done. Oh, don't you even get started. Well, that's what I'm Lil saying. Pump. He's not selling records. Oh, yeah, he's no, getting no. tons of streams. Streams. Yeah. It's yeah. all about the streams now. Yeah. He's looking a lot better in his Instagram photos. Like, his team, probably the same team that's, like, kept Keith Richards looking like a live human being for the last 300 years. He's looking good. I days. didn't know he was, like, 17, 18 years old. Legitimately 17 that rattled out of me. high school. Why? That jarred me. Why? Because he looks 40 already. Oh, it's because of the Xanax. Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When did that become a thing? Now kids are popping Xannies like it's just Tic Tacs. That's what's going on down the States, man. The prescription drugs have taken over. Mm. And Tide Pods. Yeah. And Tide Pods. Eat your Xanax or eat your Tide Pods. Exactly. Teenagers in 2000s. 2010s. I feel like Tide Pods are one of those stories that's like, hey, look, everyone's eating Tide Pods. I live in Wyoming and there's 1,800 tanks in a convoy going down the <laughs> country road. Like, no, no, no. How about the Tide Pods? Oh, yeah, you're right. Tide Pods. Like, what are they distracting us from? I always wonder, like, when all of a sudden all the news outlets have picked up some random thing like Tide Pod eating, what was pushed off the nightly news that they didn't want to talk about? Probably something not nearly as sexy as teens eating Tide Pods. Now I saw on CNN yesterday, two days ago, kids are snorting condoms and pulling them out their mouths. Oh, you, just, 
You just got hit with the condom snorting movement? Mm, yeah. Shoot, I was looking at that three months ago. <laughs> yeah, there's that one gal I saw. She just pulls it out of her nose hole. That is Clean sinuses. Oh, that's true. Absolutely. That is disgusting. Well, we'll Ooh. take a break. We'll come back. I assume the ribbed condoms work better for clearing the sinuses. I'm going to use a magnum and show all these other kids <laughs> what a real coolio looks like. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? Yeah, can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jappamachinery.com. Jappa Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by Jappa Machinery, our good friends at Jappa. Marin, hope you're having a good day. Hope you're listening. Hope everything's cool. We haven't sworn very much. No. Well, Jay let an F out, but it was about creeds. I feel like that's okay. It's kind of like a quasi-religious swear. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if you think about it. It's very versatile. Yeah. So that what's interesting about Creed that we haven't talked about, like how about the descent of Scott Stapp into drug-fueled, Xanax-fueled madness? The Squire was looking up some stat facts right before we, we started recording, and he has uh, had quite a, few, uh, quite a past decade, I'd say. Hit us with some Stapp highlights. Well, he uh, came to the conclusion on, during a mental breakdown that uh, the core of ISIS is within his own family. And decided to call his son's school and tell them this to try to get him out for reasons unknown. To get him out of school? Well, I th- yeah, he was trying to get him like, I found out the root of ISIS within our family. Come to me. I will save us. That's got to be a disturbing discovery when you figure that out. Yeah. Like you go down into the basement. And you're like looking for something in the boxes. And you're like, oh, this is a Christmas decoration. What? ISIS manuals and flags. What? A head? Oh, my God. Yeah. This is in the fridge. Wait a minute. This basement looks familiar now. It's that video place where they're beheading all those poor SOBs. That's got to be disturbing. So he took the wise precaution of calling the school. And what does he want? Like his son released for the day? Well, like I said, I'm just reciting a Rolling Stone article. So I don't – he just wanted him out. Please call me immediately. And, like, that's the the story. It's got to be a vulnerable callback for the principal. Like – Timothy Stapp, please report to the, report to the office. You With arms Timothy wide open. Stapp. You are. Uh, <laughs> you have been accused of founding ISIS. Or you're near the core of ISIS and need to at least go home for the day. Why are you wearing balaclavas all the time? Yeah, this explains your sword and weird chanting. Oh, sorry. And the other thing is he thought he was part of the CIA and told the operator during a separate call that he is supposed to assassinate Obama. Good gravy. Man, he lost the plot, huh? Yeah. Wow. Fun fact, he is not in jail right now and bailing on touring with some random band called the Anarchists now. Well, I think he cleaned himself up. I've seen some Facebook lives that he'd done back in the day that was Tiger Blood-esque, and then he was on there apologizing. You can't take all these pills, people. Yeah. Good Lord, Delchi a brain with arms wide open. Don't mess with them zannies. It's yeah, he's got to listen to his own music. Yeah, and inspire himself. And start practicing what he is preaching. Yeah. It would have been an awkward Thanksgiving dinner when, after you've accused a family member of founding ISIS, probably. Well, yeah. Accused? Yeah. I mean, especially when you know, and you're sitting around the table, and you're enjoying a turkey and maybe some yams, but you know at any moment the insurrection might <laughs> dial up. you got to spring into... Yeah, and then during dessert, just inform the family how you're going to assassinate Obama. God almighty. I mean, we shouldn't be making fun, because he's obviously got some screws loose upstairs. Yeah. But Thoughts and prayers. Time. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Thank you. That's kind. I'll uh, put a filter on my Facebook picture. Yeah. Thoughts well, and prayers for Scott Stapp. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you. 
Well, Greg, another year older, your heart's no smaller. Right? Creed made amazing music. Yeah. So, you know, if they get back together and start making more amazing sounding music, I'll probably listen to it again. And this guy's got quite a story now. And there's one thing I've learned from being a DMX fan for the last 20 years. Come you on! Got, you got to <laughs> ride with your homie. He's you just gotta a... ri- when he's crashing through the Newark airport security gates claiming to be a member of the FBI in a sedan, you got to ride with him. You can't just be with him when he drops one more road to cross or whatever it was. Didn't he just get thrown back in jail? Yeah, yeah. Four million in tax evasion. I love, uh, I watch TMZ a lot, and uh, when they do DMX mugshot photo compilations, sure, it's one of my favorite things ever. I need it on a t-shirt. The thing that I'm starting to realize, the more that I'm, you know, I I, I read this website, uh, it's like the Underground Rumors of Hollywood. It's this really weird site that's run by a group of people, and I think a lot of celebrity blogs troll them for information, and then they blow up, because they've predicted a lot of stuff in advance, and I think what's sad about you realize like a lot of these celebrities is like the crazier they are, eventually it comes to light that something really bad happened to them early in their life. Oh, sure. Right? Anybody abusing drugs that hard is trying to cover some sort of hole up. And it's not like, man, remember how I was a multi-platinum recording artist touring the world with wicked chains on? No, it's like something happened way before that and they're still trying to fill that hole. Now I'm open for Smash Mouth at county fairs. Is that DMX is doing? I don't know. I assume so. DMX is remarkable though because he's still... Touring, he's still, you know, putting out stuff. I don't feel like DMX is like. Remember, recently, last couple of years, maybe he performed at a hip hop award show and he was unreal. I bet he was. Like he still got it. I'd go see a DMX show. I'd go see a DMX. I don't think he's coming to Canada. Not <laughs> because of the thing. soon, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. of the jail stuff. Little Wayne can't come to Canada. DMX is never coming to Canada. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That guy from uh, that's like the guy from Swollen Members, but in reverse. He wasn't allowed down to the states for a hundred years. What did he for a hundred years? I don't remember what he did. Well, that seems excessive. It's that dude with the tattoos on the face, the white guy, Madchild. Yeah, Madchild. He wasn't allowed down in the U.S. Wow, that makes sense. I, I used to think his name Madchild. was Manchild because he was so short. Right. And he had that high voice too. Yeah. Yeah. Good flow. Swollen members has some. Who's the guy on Insta that loves Swollen Members? One of the guys I always talk to. <laughs> He loves Swollen Members. Like, he'll still buy Swollen Members t-shirts. And he'll be like, ooh, the new Swollen Members album came out. I'm like, damn, this guy. You guys really- keeping up with Mocha only or what? <laughs> <laughs> Mocha only. Well, did you guys see, uh, did you guys, any of you guys watch the Junos? That's Bance probably knows, already know that. I don't so. know. I did because I saw the reunion of. Uh, Northern Touch? No. No, come yeah, on. They, Rascals? Yeah, they had the whole crew on Chuck stage. Chuck Claire was Claire. there. Thrust was there. Oh. Cardinal Official. And, uh, yeah, they came there and they actually just broke in and started rapping. Because uh, they went out there to present something and then started rapping Northern Touch. I was like, oh my God, this is fucking I crazy. remember when we were young, young kids, you playing Northern Touch me, being like, are you ready for like the super group of Canadian rappers? That was a great, great track. At that time, it was like the peak of Canadian hip hop. It was like the super group of like, you didn't like Shaw Claire, you didn't mind him. He had like, some decent but tracks. Yeah. Like, he was okay, but they just all gym, came together yeah. and just made like this like super group. And, and who was the amazing. lady in that song that did that song, Money Jane? Remember that song? Oh, oh, I remember that. Money Jane was a hot track. Like there was a couple years ago, like you said, Canadian hip hop was white hot. Well, now we've got Drake, obviously. Oh yeah, Drake's legit. Yeah. I always hoped that Drake would do something and like reach back and bring out Shaw Claire, like do something cool like that because he is fairly like. They go to Toronto or something. And he brings out Shaw Claire and they do Let's Ride. That would be unbelievable, right? I'd watch that. Mary Money Jane was uh, done with Baby Blue Sound Crew. Yeah, yeah, Baby Blue Sound Crew. They yeah. all wore blue as the name was. Yeah, yeah. Carnell Fischel, Julie Black, and Sean Paul. Julie Black, which is like the Donovan Bailey type Canadian. Yeah. Like we've we've well claimed. Yes, he was. I always thought Sean Paul was Canadian. Yes. Yeah. Well, he is. Like Donovan Don Bailey's Canadian, then so is Sean Paul. That's fair. We'll take Sean Paul. He is our Shaggy. Yeah. Ooh. 
but better. And Sean Paul, he's back. He's coming back, or yeah. he is back. And he's he's, right. he's got that one song where it's like singing about how hard life is for a single mom, and he's like got a weird bucket hat on in the video, and he's like doing his old dance, but he's put on like thirty pounds in twenty years and whatnot. Shout out to Sean Paul. I always felt like um, Cardinal Official got screwed. Like he was close, and then he signed to Redman. And I remember Redman produced his album. I was like, here we go. It's showtime. Like, he's about to blow up. Oh, especially he, when he had that song with Akon. What was that, like 2007 yeah. or whatever? That was a huge jam. Yeah. But he never quite got to that next level. And then that's what makes Drake so amazing. I know there are probably a lot of Drake haters, but I think you can't hate on Drake. Well, two years ago, I was at Taste of Edmonton, and Cardinal Fischel performed there, and I was shocked. I thought he was still much bigger than... Taste of Edmonton, yeah. stage entertainment worthy. So either we're going to see does Drake become a Taste of no, Edmonton in two years, no. Drake's made or is he? Money. No, I know I'm no, kidding, but yeah. uh, it's amazing. Like Drake being as big as he is is the equivalent of Joey Jeremiah in the Zit Remedy on the original Degrassi. Oh, yeah, yes. and then taking the Zit Remedy, and now they're Metallica, but they're still exactly. called Zit Remedy. Yeah, right. Like what? if you go watch those old Degrassis, it is mind blowing that Wheelchair Jimmy. He has scenes where he raps. I've watched them. He's like, I really want to be a rapper, even though I'm in a wheelchair. They're like, you can do it, Jimmy. And then he's spitting, and it's garbage. Like, he wasn't a good rapper then, right? His voice is all different. I went to Asia, and Drake was still on Degrassi. And when I came home, he was this massive rapper. How did that happen? It what? happened so fast. It's super interesting. So what happened, what ended up happening was, I don't know if this is appropriate to talk about, but real life, whatever. Well, there's a torch their season. Yeah, we'll talk about People Drake. are knocking on the door every 10 damn minutes, and now we got a sign there saying, do not knock in caps. Uh, somebody in, in Cash Money heard Drake's mixtape that he recorded with his buddy and gave it to Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne listened to it like on his tour bus and then phoned Drake, like got his number and phoned him. And he's like, hi, it's Lil Wayne, and Drake hung up on him. Yeah, I would probably would have right? hung up on him. Yeah, of course. Called him back, laughing. Hi, no, it was really Lil Wayne. I listened to your mixtape. Click, two hang-ups. Oh, Drake. Called back a third time, right? So then they started emailing, and I guess Drake's email address was drizzydrake at rogers.com. Right, and Birdman got it into his head that his name was Drake Rogers. So if you listen to original uh, Drake songs with Birdman, he's like Drizzy Drake Rogers, get out here! All right, Drake Rogers, and it's because his email address is Rogers.com. So Lil Wayne invites him on tour. Drake goes on tour like fresh off the grassy, like clean shaven and fresh face. And he said he basically toured with Lil Wayne for a little while, slept in a seat on the tour bus, like he was that level of, you know, yeah, whatever. He's grinding. Drake is the only guy that Lil Wayne will let help him with lyrics. There's nobody else allowed to help him. When him and Drake sit down and they do songs, Drake gives him advice. But isn't that the knock on Drake, though, that he uses ghostwriters? See, that drives me nuts because, like, so many rappers use ghostwriters. Well, it's just songwriters in general yeah. can collaborate. He's used his same October's very own as OVO Sound Crew, which is, like, guys from Toronto that he came up with, and he's done the whole thing with them. So what the problem be? Yeah, and so Lil Wayne, the, how they ended up making songs, is that Lil Wayne in those days was recording every single night. Like, he would go, he would tour, he would do his show. He had a, or a recording studio on his tour bus, and he would just rap every single night. And then Drake got in there with him and immediately started spitting hot fire. And I think that's where Cash Money is, like, amazing. Is like, you got these guys all covered in tattoos and jewelry and guns and whatnot. But at the same time, they're going in the studio and cranking out hot jams all yeah. the time. And now you can't go anywhere without hearing God's plan on repeat. On repeat. Yeah, well, Nicki Minaj and Drake were like the, the third act of Cash Money Records where all they do really now is manage those guys' careers. It's unbelievable. And what's amazing about Drake in my mind is that like he, he, he references stuff in his music. Like his dad told him, don't try and sing and rap, only do one. 
And Drake runs the whole spectrum. He's got ballads. He's got raps. But I think Drake, in some ways, is almost Nickelbackian, particularly in Canada. Like I know a lot of people who hate Drake. I was doing a radio hit at Hot 107 two weeks ago. What? And they were talking about... You have a rich and full life outside of this office. <laughs> Sometimes I speak into microphones. Wow. Uh, but they were telling me how they get so many complaints about Drake. Anytime they play Drake. And it's split. Like you said, some people are like, yeah, more God's plan. Play it again. And then other people are like, do not ever play Drake again. He annoys me. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned the Nickelback thing because a lot of people kind of... Well, he was the Degrassi guy. I'm not going to follow this. I think it's a sign that he's just that, that big. big. Yeah, like that's yeah. the thing with Nickelback. Like they're that big. Yeah, Chad Kroger doesn't give a fuck or, what you or think. were that big. Like they can go to a tour. This is now Nickelback. Can go to any venue in and like arena venue in Canada and sell it out. Still, yeah. I'm surprised they're not trying to take down our Garth banner by doing ten straight shows at oh, Rogers yeah. Place. I would go to two. I'd the go first to one. one and the last one. I'd bookend that shit. I'd go to one. I'd never seen Nickelback. I'd check it out. I think they'd probably be amazing. Probably put on a good show. Apparently, it messes with Chad Kruger's head, too, how reviled they are. I read that one time. <laughs> oh. Like, it genuinely Oh, well, of course. If, if, if all you're seeing about yourself is hate? Yeah. They have, what that, they have that record label, 604 Records. Who the hell did they sign? They've brought Theory out... Theory of a Dead Man. Theory of a Dead Man. Yeah. I hate Theory of a Dead Man. Me, too. I met why? that guy at Ookfest one year, and he was a dick. Fuck really? that guy. Interesting. Do you want to know why I hate Theory of a Dead Man? We have another thing in common. Go ahead. Should I tell the story about the bass guitar? Tell, well, we're talking about shovels. Why not tell about bass guitars? So one time I go to my friend's house, and I'm looking around his condo, and he's behind his couch. He's got this bass guitar. I'm like, man, why do you have a bass guitar? That's crazy. You don't even play the guitar. And he's like, oh, that's a Theory of Dead Man's bass guitar. I'm like, oh, cool. And I'm thinking to myself, like, he won it or he bought it in an auction or something. I'm like, how'd you get your hands on this? He's like, they were playing at Red's. He's one of these guys who just likes to cause shit. He snuck backstage. He's looking at the loading dock. They have a whole bunch of equipment lined up. He just took the bass guitar and walked off. It's like coon stealing the shovel. It's dumb shit guys do that when you're older, you're like, why did I ever do that? Yeah. Right? So I'm like, wow, that's funny. You stole a theory of a dead man's bass guitar. Who cares? Two years later, I'm talking to another buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, this is my other friend and blah, 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 blah. And he's one of these guys that, like, leads with who he knows. He's like, I'm good friends with Theory of a Dead Man. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's funny. And then I remember the bass guitar. And I'm like, a friend of mine stole the bass guitar of the band, ha, 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 thinking they have a thousand guitars and blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. That friend that introduced me to Mr. I Know Theory of a Dead Man calls me a week later. He's like, hey, man, listen, apparently that bass guitar your buddy stole was the first bass guitar that bass player got when they got signed. Like, Theory of a Dead Man signed a record label. They bought them some new equipment. This guy got the bass. Away they go. And he wants it back. So this is a guy I don't really know telling me a band I don't care about wants their bass guitar back from a guy I do know who ain't giving the bass guitar up. And I find myself at the crossroads of history and rock and roll. And I'm like, hmm, I knew I would find myself in this position one day. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this guy's guitar back. It's a good deed. Yeah. Right? So I call a guy up. And I'm like, hey, man, listen. Remember how you stole that bass guitar? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Hey, yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. Anyways, I ran into a guy who knows Theory of a Dead Man. And here's the story of the bass guitar. It actually means a lot to this guy. This guy really wants his bass guitar back. I don't care. And so I think back to myself, hmm. I'm at this crossroads of history and rock and roll. Am I going to be the guy who doesn't go and get the bass guitar for Theory of a Dead Man because the guy says he doesn't want it? So I actually like kind of put the heat to this guy. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to come and get this guitar from you, and you're going to give it to me, and I'm going to give it to my friend who's going to give it back to the guy, Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, so I go and get it. 
give it to my buddy. He lives in Calgary. The next time I go to Calgary, I drive the stupid guitar down to Calgary, give it to my friend, gives it to the guy, gives it to the theory of a dead man's basis. So I'm like, huh, I don't seem to see any flowers showing up at Wanya Manor, courtesy yeah. of theory of a dead man or any of that shit. The guy never said thank you. What? He never reached out. He never did anything. I'm like, did you explain that like I didn't steal the guitar? I went and got it for him? Yeah. So, the next time I see Theory of a Dead Man's having a concert, I'm going to sneak backstage, steal the guitar back, give it back to my buddy who stole it originally, because what goes around comes around. You've got to restore right balance. That's exactly it. That's my story of why I hate Theory of a Dead Man. Universe is unbalanced. That's good beef, guitar. and that's legit beef. If somebody got me a bass guitar back, some random Dan, I'd sign a handkerchief or whatever the hell rock stars do for people. I kind of have beef with Kevin Smith for the same reason when we sent him a nation hoodie. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sent never... Kevin Smith a nation hoodie one time. Mm-hmm. We had to custom make that baby. Mm-hmm. And Silent uh, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob's sister was his manager, if I recall correctly. He never even said thank you. Nothing. Not a tweet. Yeah. Not a care. And he's a huge Oilers fan. Yeah. Well, Come on, man. What's up with BS. that? Imagine that someone had stolen Kevin Smith's beard and that you were at your friend's house and you're like, hey, whose beard is that on the ground? They're like, oh, it's Kevin Smith's. And he was like, that's actually my lucky beard that I was wearing when I first got signed. I really want that beard back. And then you sent him his beard. Not so much as a fax. And thank you. Exactly. If you're listing theory of a dead man, which I assume you are, you owe me one thank you note. That's it. Even a tweet. Just make it easy. Just a little acknowledgement. Yeah. Favorite on Instagram. Yeah, follow on Instagram. It's not like your tickets. Even if you're in Edmonton and you're giving away, t- like your tickets to your show are worth nothing. So just give those away. And don't get me wrong. If they were like, "Hey, we'd like you to come to our show and thank you," I'd decline. Exactly. Yeah, of course. But I know it seems like a trap if they well, when they demand to come on this podcast to promote their next album. Yeah. Should it ever happen? It's a big yeah. after next album. Got my bass back. <laughs> <laughs> Check out this bass. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. We'll be back. SumoJerky.com. What is SumoJerky.com? Let me explain it for you. What it is is they scour the globe for the best beef jerky, including rare brands and small batch jerkies. They try all the jerky and review all the ingredients to make sure everything meets Sumo Jerky standards. They ship the best jerky to your door every single month. You eat delicious beef jerky and praise the internet computers for getting it right. Friends don't let friends buy gas station jerky. Go to SumoJerky.com. Jerky.com. Sign up today. If you don't like beef jerky, I bet you your mom likes beef jerky. I bet you your dad likes beef jerky. Everyone likes likes beef jerky. It is the perfect gift to get for Father's Day, Mother's Day, graduate, even Valentine's Day. SumoJerky.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SumoJerky. And check them out at SumoJerky.com. Real Life Podcast, we're back. Brought to you by SumoJerky.com. Delicious, delicious jerky sent to your house every month. Has our jerky arrived this month? Not yet. I'm looking forward to it. So am I. I'm getting kind of snacky right this moment. Right this exact moment? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Sumo Jerky arrives. Good times. Chuck me an Instagram. Speaking of chucking people Instagram shoutouts, make sure when the jerky comes, shout us out at Sumo Jerky. Speaking of which, our good friends at Rig Hand. Mm-hmm. For my birthday, mm. gave me a bottle of Brum yesterday. Finally. Yeah. Oh. Now, for the last two games of the year, does drinking Brum count as eating beets? No, because you know what? I'm so close to 40 cans. I kind of want them to lose both in a way. I want to make it to. I want to make it 40. Let's do it. I think we should like set up a bio on like Elite Prospects for you. For, yeah. Like, cans of beaten in a season. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think my stats good. are unparalleled. That's a worthy stat. Yeah, I had a meeting with Nation Chris yesterday, and he had the turkey hat on, and he was knocking all that stuff off the wall <laughs> in the office. And I was like, "Man, oh man, this is one effed up season at Nation HQ." Poor yeah. Dan hasn't worn pants in so long; his ankles think that he's abandoned him. You're full of beat. Yeah, you're mostly beat at this point. I stink of beat. Yeah, is the I've... old lady just like, "What are you going to do next year to top this?" She's so tired of me. Yeah, yeah. she's so tired of me. Yeah. I'm like. You kind of gotta go. I'm gonna do a beat cast, or I'm gonna I'm gonna broadcast you. She's like, oh, fuck. Hey, and she just storms off. It's Everyone's like, gotta feel the pain. Hey, it's yeah. like me being a fan of DMX. You gotta be there for the highs and the lows. Yeah. It's great being Mrs. Mrs. Bag Milk. It's Private jets. I didn't do it. Bags of cash being dropped off at the door by hourly. I'm just a man of my word. It's falling through in my beat bet. I'm so proud of the boys for doing all that dumb shit all year long when they thought that they'd be under 500 for like an hour when they did it. Yeah, it was fun in November. Yeah. <laughs> Remarkable. <laughs> yeah. And but, then the, it's, well, like, well, yeah, it was, it, it, this is something that was supposed to last like all of two days, but it's fun when it's, it's to see what it's become. And it's, you know, when we go on these trips and people talking about beats and like, hey, Bagmelt, did you bring beats? And you're like, sure did. And you point out the can. The can's now revered. You brought the like, can to Calgary? Oh, yeah. We did a beat cast at 3 a.m. on Saturday night. Oh, a very loose beat cast. Oh, dear. It was great to watch. How many viewers? There was, I was surprising. Well, the Squire and Mandy's were two of like 20. I was commenting the shit out of it. Oh, you were in, I thought you were actually on the cast. No, no, no. Is no. this like a hotel room beat cast? Oh, yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. I pulled out post the... Singapore Sam's. Oh, you went to Singapore Sam's. Of course, I took a big crew there. Oh, uh, remember when you took all your clothes to Singapore Sam's? We were running around, and I was trying to keep the managers from grabbing uh, you, and then you ran out the door, and then we forgot your clothes. That I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was a good idea at Singapore Sam's to streak. Yeah, and got cornered by all the kitchen staff. Unbelievable. I could see I just, why you would think it was a good idea. That the little manager was, was so mad; it was amazing. Well, this is during Stampede, so everyone's a little uh, like a heightened level of loose. But I juked and jived and ran out of that restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah! Well, it's amazing what adrenaline is. It's just like I was like sweetness, just cut through <laughs> like a knife. Oh, he's feeling it. Look at that move. Uh, yeah, and then stood outside naked while waiting for my clothes. To come yeah, outside. Oh, that was the, your naked era. Yeah. That was a good time. Those are good times. So we're going to do a new segment, boys. Our good friend Yukon Jack is my podcast mentor, and he listened to a few shows. Shout out to the Everything is Wrestling podcast. And shout out to Yukon's ability to, to harvest honey. Sure. Yeah, that's unrelated, but I've, related I've, to the same I've, time. But that's related to me, and I, I just want to – I know he's listening because he's trying to help us here. He is listening. Uh, so I want to shout out Yukon. Uh, your honey is amazing and looking forward to uh, future deliveries. Speaking of which, I've got uh, – I've got a kilo of my dad's honey for you. Mm. UConn, you've got competition now. My dad is also a beekeeper in his spare time. What? Yeah. Is there any unendingness to the interesting life of bags milk? I built a lot of hives in my life. Damn. Yeah. That's super interesting. Frames, hives. I've been out in the fields. I do Sweet life. Do the bees, don't they just swarm and attack? No, they're casual. Yeah, they're calm. Bees are a loving insect. No. Unless you go in there hot. Yeah. They're cool. They can sense fear though, right? Yes. That's the issue for me. Like... My dad will go in there in T-shirt and shorts. Takes them off the face, doesn't care. Getting stung? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. So if they're so loving and casual, why are they stinging their master? Sometimes he's like, they're like, you're jacking my shit, bro. Gross. Yeah. Well, anyways, UConn's listening to this show. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I keep digressing here. I'm going to stop talking. No, no, no. Don't stop talking. You have a mic. Uh, and, and we're doing the Everything is Wrestling podcast. We bought all wrestling another site in the nation network. We're working on bringing a lot more wrestling content and Yukon's podcast kills it, right? He's got deals now with the WWE directly. We're getting wrestlers on the show. Jerry Ross is on the show. Uh, Jake, the snake is on the show. Like he's getting a plus plus guests. 
we have each other as guests on the show. We're talking about things that may or may not have occurred. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I'm going uh, to listen to the podcast, and we'll go for lunch at Hap's Hungry House like we do, and we'll talk about it. And it was so funny because he was trying to be nice, but at the same time, he was like, yeah, so the podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, did you listen? He's like, yeah, do you listen? I'm like, no, man, I haven't listened to one second of it. He's like, you haven't listened to one second of your own podcast? I'm like, nope. That was the condition of me doing it. I don't want to know how my voice sounds. I don't want to get in my own head. I'm just going to spit this hot fire, and then that's it. And he's like, well, if you worked at the Bear, you'd be fired. I'm like, what do you mean? And they, like, sit down at the end of every show and listen to their show, and everything's, like, super structured and planned out, right? I believe it's called air checking. Really? Professionalism. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So anyways, he told us that a few things we need to do. We need to obviously improve our, our sound, and Nation Dan is doing a magnificent job. We've got some sort of puffy thing on the mics today. We got stands. Hopefully the, the audio is a little bit better. And that we genuinely do apologize for because we are learning on the fly, like a brain surgeon in the middle of a surgery. Yeah, it's like trying to take out your own appendix. We'll figure it out. Yeah, like that. remember that one guy? There was a one time there's a photo of a guy like a Russian Arctic research station and his appendix had to come out and he was the doctor and he did his own surgery while awake. Oh, man. Find me something more gangster than that. You That's what I like know. to think this podcast is like. Yeah. We're doing our own appendectomies live. But anyways, he said what we need to do is we need to start to create like regular segments on the show. So you say, what you got to do is you got to have regular things that people can look forward to in amongst your random gibberish, and that starts to give the show structure. So this week, we're going to start our first segment. And what we're going to do is the best of the Oilers for the week and the worst of the Oilers for the week. And God knows there's enough stuff to fill the worst column up, and we'll hunt for the best. So we've done our research. we got the best of the Oilers this week to start out. The best of the Oilers for me this week was Lucic smashing Smith in the face. Yeah. That was good Battle of Alberta hockey. And then pumping Tanner Glass full of fist kisses. Oh, yeah. pumped him. Poor Tanner Glass. Respect that he answered the, like, called him out. Oh, I like the, the little friend tap at the end, just being yeah. like, Tanner came out and did a job. Lucic obliged uh, with some heavy fists to the face. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. Like, that was, like, really good energy. Like, I lo- like that's where, like, the Battle of Alberta felt like the Battle of Alberta for, like, three minutes. For the first time in 20-odd years. Oh, 100%. What was the reaction of the boys when he was beaten on the goalie? Yeah, we, we went a little bonkers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, to me, is the highlight of the week. If Milan Lucic played like that regularly, I think he could score one goal a year and no one would complain. If he's consistently doing it, or at least the threat of it happening, yeah. things will happen. Yeah. And that puts Luch in Luch mode, which I think that's like, he hasn't been in much this season. Yeah. And he'll start getting more points because now like he's in his like happy place. Because we were at that like I don't know if you're at the Ice Gardens uh, um, preview they did here for uh, a fundraiser for for Semenko and the Cross Cancer, uh, but they did a hot stove with Lucic, and he's just like I legitimately like fighting. Well, then get out there. And so then, okay, go! great. So like, which drives you nuts. So like, you know, when he's doing it, he's like in his happy place. I've decided that the boys need to get a Lucic-sized cage in the dressing room, and they lock him in it before right. every game and right. start poking him with this. Sure. That's, he needs it. That's good coaching. Right? Have you at some point been involved with NHL coaching? Because that is top-level strategy. Hey, OEG, if you're looking for strategies and ideas, fresh ideas. Well, which other are you related to from the 80s? I, I could probably pull something. I'm Mark Lamb's third cousin. <laughs> there you are. Welcome aboard. I tried to play the Avril Lavigne card, uh, card, and they shut me down, so... <laughs> The worst of the Oilers this week, I'm going to go with Nuge's groin injury. Yeah. What the hell is going on, Nuge? It's poor groin. I'm going to go. Yeah, I feel like it was devastating. We get to Calgary and we're like, oh, my God, like we're so amped up. And then Nuge's out of the line. I'm just kind of like deflated because McNuge now gone down. Like my like one of the negatives of the week is like McDavid. Where's McDavid's production? Yeah. It uh, to me, the negative is seeing how 
and you know what, Dusty Nielsen wrote it today in his hot takes this morning at the Nation, and he said, and I agree with him, Nuge is better with Connor than Dreisaitl is. Hmm. Wow. And the frustration is that it took two years and change, two and a half years to figure that out. Well, to be fair, they were winning so many games that you didn't want to mess with them winning. Fair. Yeah, and they looked really good together. Like, you can't, yeah. No, so what you're trying to tell me is Ty said. Ratty is not as good of a hockey player as the Nuge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He's still a few points away from evolution. But, I mean, fair enough. Like, if the Nuge is nursing a groin injury, and that's the kind of thing that can haunt a fella. Well, yeah. Groins are groins. Like, if it's... If it's fucked, like sorry, swearing, but uh, if it's if it's tweaked or whatever, you can't play. Like yeah, you it's, can't play. It's such a it's a, such a small piece of your body. Maybe in Nuge's case, it's not. But uh, it, if it's it, you, people retire from groin injuries. It's something so minor, like big old groin. That yeah, Nuge. small piece of it. What the <laughs> hell gonna... are you talking about? <laughs> a small piece of your body, like the, the, the Nuge the groin. does not have a small groin. It's massive, and yeah. it has sex with many women's. Wait, he has a girlfriend. One women's. One women's. Huge One candy lucky women's. He has to get a specially ordered can, I heard. Now, you dream about the Nuge's groin area nightly, I assume, bag milk. Yeah, most nights. Does Do you feel this extra awfully? Like, is this really something for you that hurts? Yeah. You know what? I feel better as the year has gone on because I was convinced all year that we're seeing Nuge's last season as an oiler. I don't think you can trade him mm-hmm. and not have me burn down Roger's place. <laughs> so I feel better about it in the sense that, you know what? If he's hurt, he, you know, he's not going to be effective. I'm excited he's going to play at the World uh, Hockey Championships for the first time. That's cool. Yeah. With Connor. With oh. Connor. But, oh, speaking of which, did you see Barzell twisting a knife in our back yesterday where he said one of the things he's most excited about is playing with Connor McDavid? Oh. And then out come the chirps. Shut up, Barzell. I'm so sick of that guy already. <laughs> <laughs> One final thing to discuss, which is actually kind of interesting. We have to well, put on our actually, we haven't talked about the good yet. <laughs> Well, no, we did. Lucic smashing Smith. And but, like, Frank's not that enough. We only talked about, like, the one all right, Lucic all right, thing. All right, Go ahead. We, we have to try to find What's more positivity. It's our first time doing a segment, man. It's, well, is... I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, we've got to try to – like, we've just been beaten down on the team, and rightfully so. We've got to try to find some more good things. Now I'm reeling as to, like, what is a good thing? Well, Al Montoya is showing himself to be quite game because when What's-His-Nuts got pulled after four goals on one shot – Shut the door. Yeah, it doesn't look like an NHL goalie. No. No, he's oh. an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he is the accountant. Like yeah. I've seen his little head floating around on the bench a few times. I've been like, why? Why is that fan on the bench? Oh no, that's Montoya. Yeah. No, but he seems to be a gamer. What other positives you got over there? Frank's, Frank's back you... at five hundred. Frank's picks. Watch that game days. Shout out to Frank. Yeah. Oh, good boy, Frank. Yeah. He's, he's at five hundred. He's back to five hundred. He was almost gonna have to go on the beat train for being under five hundred. Yeah. He's a good he little beat treats. Oh, Actually, beat he treats. did eat beats. I accidentally dropped one on the ground, and he, he fucking powered that down. Good on him. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, hey, he's, he's back, backing up his dad. I like that. That's right. Yeah. I want to also give a shout-out to uh, Kajula in that game. That was exciting when he uh, – was it Janikowski or Janowski or whatever his name is? They had that little uh, spirited, quick – like, was it uh, – Kajula got hit by Janowski, right? And then Kajula went right after him? Yeah, I think so. Uh, loved it. Loved the fire. Like I said, there's two, like, little glimpses of Battle of Alberta stuff that happened in that game that was exciting. And also I want to, you know – Kick Cam Talbot in the nuts because, like, you got to show up to these things. God, Come on, man. Battle of Alberta, the last one. I know it doesn't even exist anymore, but, like, Edmonton is playing Calgary. Like, just do it for the fans, not yourself or whatever. It's so annoying. We'll do a post-mortem show after the season's over. We'll get some people in here who know some stuff, and we'll, we're going to ask people what happened. And I think it's like an, I want to do a post-mortem this season. This is the most disappointing season of Oilers hockey in my mind since 07. Yes. The year yeah. after the cup yeah. run. Yeah. I think we got to get – whether it's Nielsen, whether it's Gregor, let's get somebody in here who understands what's up to explain to us what the hell happened at the yeah, end of the year. Yeah, break it down. Yeah. 
having expectations of success and dropping them so badly hurts real bad. See what happened when you want to talk about more positive? We went right back <laughs> I know, I know. It's our default setting right now. And this yeah. is what being an Oilers fan is right now. Hey, yeah. you know what? Connor McDavid is an Edmonton Oilers. Positive. Always. Always. 102, 102 points. 102 points. So that goes back to last week. We made our predictions. My 115 or 14 is not looking too good. <laughs> I said 110. He can still do that. Eight points, two games. Hell yeah. Rock and roll, Connor. Oh, we're playing Vancouver. Which I thought when we were playing Vancouver last week, and that was going to be a cakewalk, and we got <laughs> shit canned. Well, this is going to be an interesting game, too, because the Sedins have now announced their retirement, right? And that's really, I think, first of all, it's hilarious that they're retiring together. Because now they can go back to. Man, I wish only one of them would have shut it down. Yeah, they I ride think, in and out of the, out into the sunset it together. It annoys me. You ever seen the photos of, like, the conjoined twins are, like, joined at the head? Yeah. And they, like, share a brain and a spine and shit like that? I think the Sedins are like that. I think if one was gone, the other one would just, like, well, I can't think of anything without my other. And then, like, was it? Were they destined? Like, was it always going to be like an NHL team would have drafted the two of them? They always stated a, like they. I, I think they said they wouldn't not play in the NHL together, mm-hmm. but they would prefer to play together. And then Brian Burke did everything he could. I yeah. hate that he pulled that off. Why? Just because it's such a good trade that he pulled oh, off, and then it annoys me. Because so what, they. Torched, what do you have to do? I don't remember how it played out. We'll uh, insert some stats on Twitter or something, but like. To get both of them at two and three, and then I was talking to J.D. Burke from Canucks Army yesterday, and there was rumors also that he was really swinging for the number one pick as well. So he wanted to go one, two, three that year. Crazy. And we can't even get a penalty-killing forward in here who can take face-offs. We can't even have Peter Shirelli trade star players for not star players. He's a Harvard man. Well, the Sedins are retiring, and I think it's going to be classy of Oilers fans on Saturday that we're going to clap them off the ice. Last night in Vegas... Everybody waited to shake hands with the Sedins like they did with Ryan Smith on mm-hmm. his last game. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting something similar in Edmonton, mm-hmm. at, least. Mm-hmm. at least. We'll show some class. We'll I bear no ill will to the Sedins because throughout oh. their entire career, we have not been in a position to have anything taken away from us by them. Well, they they, they would just systematically tear us apart every time they yeah. played against us. So, like, you know, I, I've, I've, I have respect for them. I tweeted out that I'm excited that they're retiring. And I meant it as a very high compliment. Yeah. They were just Oilers killers for almost two decades. Yeah. And it was annoying. So how, what year was that that they were drafted? 99. 99. And it was, I believe, Brian McCabe and a first-round pick that was their Vancouver's first-round pick, or they had an extra one to, to trade up to get the second or, th- or the third pick to put the Twins together. Imagine Connor McDavid had a twin. Oh, oh my God. There was the best Goner, McDavid. Sportsnet stats <laughs> tweeted out the funniest thing ever uh, when they announced their retirement. They said the Sedins are ranked, it was, I'm going to get this wrong, but two or three all time in terms of points produced by brothers. Yeah. Number one was Gretz. Wayne and Brent Gretzky. Yeah. And yeah. man, did I laugh because that is just a good trolling tweet right there. Oh, well, yeah. They've had an amazing career. It's a shame they never won a cup. It's good that Vancouver didn't win a cup. I'm happy Vancouver didn't want to. But I'm not happy the Sedins. Yeah, uh, yeah. I wish the Sedins got traded to a team that I don't care if they win the cup. Yeah, it's not the Oilers. Uh, So that's you know I blame Canucks management for that for mismanaging the overall careers of the Sedins. Yeah, have they have they mismanaged their careers? I mean, they've got a lot of points. No, no, they didn't. They, they were a very career, good but they didn't win. Time. I mean, what's the furthest they went in the playoffs in their entire career? Game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals, they lost to Boston. That I remember being at the pint cheering for Boston. Like, come on. Yeah, all yeah. of Canada was cheering for Boston. That was pretty good. They got Well, not all of Canada. Vancouver was probably cheering <laughs> for Vancouver. 
Yeah, I've had a hard time getting mine as Canada's team nonsense. Although I, I am that. jacked about Toronto in the playoffs. Oof. Straight up, man. I like the Leafs. J I like little Mitchie Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I'm on, yeah, yeah. I'm on Team Winnipeg for the playoffs. Yeah. They're, they're, the, they're the most Edmonton town-ish like ish in, the, in, the, in the playoffs. And we got a pint there. And we're we hoping we got our little basket out, and it's going to be like raining cash in Winnipeg. We can bring a little of it back home to Edmonton, and it'll be like owning Hudson's in the 06 Cup run in Edmonton yeah. on White Ave, it'll where feel, you make feel like a win. So much money that you open up 12 so, more Hudson's. I cheer for Winnipeg because they got, they got their team taken from them. Now they got them back. And, and they've got, got nothing else. Oh, well, they got the Blue Bombers. <laughs> Alberta is where you find hardworking hands, where prairie grown rye meets mountain spring water where we pull dragons from the ground and we choose Rig Hand Distillery vodka, whiskey, gin and more Rig Hand is made from Alberta grown ingredients locally distilled and distributed it's a bottle of Alberta ask for award winning Rig Hand in your liquor store and visit RigHandDistillery.com we're back real life podcast brought to you by Rig Hand Distilleries one more segment we have talked about the Sedines. We have talked about Saturday. What we haven't talked about for this Saturday is that we're having our 10-year birthday. And like any good 10-year-old, you have your party at a bar. Yeah, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't you? Coming down to the pint, we're going to remember 10 years like quasi-old people do. Does it seem, Jay, like 10 years since you started the nation? Wow. Uh... That's a good question because, like, yes and no. There's mo Just because, like, there's... We put a lot of city miles on our bodies during this 10 years in the sense of like dealing with a shitty team. And like that's been long, a long grind, but it seems like it's also gone by in a flash. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so I guess I'm sitting on both sides of the fence. Like it depends on the situation or the time. Mm -hmm. I guess in season, you feel the pain. What take, take me back. Oh, seven. When we were launching it, what do you remember about when we launched the site? Like, what do you remember about launch day? Or I remember, like, it was, it was exciting when we launched the nation because, like, I was actually excited for game days because we would get on the site and just comment like crazy and just, and, 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 and so, like, game days for us were like a big, like, this is like our big work night. So, like, me, you, and Bingo Fuel would be there clacking away in the la on, on our laptops in front of in the, the old condo downtown. In the old condo downtown, the yeah. hilarious big screen that, uh, your baby big screen that you had got for us. <laughs> And yeah, just like the hilarious things we would say and do, and just I remember just like like being at work that day, like it's game day, like gotta get like gotta get fired up, like I gotta I gotta type the words. I remember being mad stressed the summer before we started it because we wanted to have it up and running for the season start, obviously, and working with this one contractor throughout the summer, and we have very poor luck with contractors oh, overall, really in any oh, domain, for a lifetime. yeah, including internet construction, every basic type of contractor you can work with. <laughs> And the season was like two days away, and I was working at Atco still. And I remember calling this guy on the phone and being like, where the fuck is my website? Like, the Oilers season's about to start. We started working on this in March. You've been making me promises throughout the off season." And I remember he goes, I'm going to use a hockey analogy for you. We're on the third yard line. Perfect analogy. And I was like, oh, my God. We're <laughs> no, not getting our website. So I had to flip it. I had to go to buddies of mine that I knew that were at the U of A that were making, like, I think they're making like occupational health and safety software. Like they were doing something completely unrelated, but they understood tech. And I was like, can you please finish my Oilers fan website off for me? And they did. 
And the site launched like what, like November twentieth or something like uh, that. November seventeenth or twenty first or something. Yeah, it's right around that. Yeah. And I remember just being livid every single game living at, leading up to that point that we didn't have our. Site. I thought we were screwed. I'm like, oh my god, we can't launch till the season starts. Like this, like no yeah. one's gonna pay attention to this. And then as the lead up to the site began, and we were in the final yards apparently, if using a hockey analogy, in us, the red zone. Yeah. All the writers bailed. And all the writers that we thought, you know, there's a bunch of Oilers bloggers in the blogosphere. We'll be able to get some of these guys writing for us. Were they names? Like, looking now, would they? Yeah, like, we hit everybody up that was out there. I mean, a lot of those guys have since stopped writing. There was, like, Covered in Oil. You remember that one? Yep. Mike Winters and those guys. Yep. Hilarious. Amazing. I wish those guys were still doing it. That's way, way funnier than most stuff you see out there. Low Tide was out there. Uh, you remember we did the, the blogosphere roll mm-hmm. call, right? A lot of those blogs have since shut down. And I remember having the conversation with you where... I'm like, okay, man, listen, nobody's going to write for us. And you just like, oh, really? Nobody? Well, it wasn't this a great idea. I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll write. And you're like, what the hell do you know? And I was like, less than nothing. And committing to writing an article a day for a year. And I remember writing an article on like Boxing Day of that year. We moved into the Bellmead house. And there was that weird little home office by that weird little yeah. fireplace there. And I remember clickety-clacking away being like, even on Boxing Day, we've got to crank out content because the hockey never sleeps. That's what I remember for a lot of that first year. Yeah. I remember getting checks. I remember we got our first checks from Hudson's. Yeah. And Hudson's was paying us in free booze and in some advertising money. Contra. But they, but they broke it up. Oh, that's correct. Ah, the LGLC can't be listening. <laughs> this is 10 years ago for Oh, whatever. We're, just, we're talking in slang. Statute here. of limitations is out. Come get me. Oh, yeah, a little break. 10, that's right. Seven yeah. years is a long time yeah. ago. That's right. So I remember that all these checks came, and like each Hudson's wrote us a little check. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. They for advertised like us. $32, yeah. $23, And then they $60. gave us like five months worth of payments at the end of the season. Yeah. I remember bringing them to the house and spreading them all out over the floor. Remember that? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, come look at this. And you came out and you're like, what the hell are all these? I'm like, this is the internet making us money. And you looked at it all and you went, well, we got to spend this. This is unsustainable. (laughs) (laughs) I was running numbers the other day for our our monthly reports. We're over 700 million visitors to the Nation Network in those 10 years. Wow. Man, impressive. 700 million it's sessions. A, it, it's amazing how things like ramped up. Like I remember, like oh, like if we can just get like fifty thousand page views, like now we'll be the biggest site in the world. And like getting there, and like like holy shit, and then not going to a hundred thousand, then to a million, and now we're talking in hundreds of millions. And it's uh, that's always been like the crazy thing of the nation that I'm still always trying to wrap my head around is like these giant numbers now we see, and used to, and, and the going back to what we used to think were giant numbers. It's funny, though, I found our original nation business plan, and I was reading it, and, like, you know, I I wanted to do the nation, number one, because I love the Oilers, and I wanted to have, you know, a website that I felt talked to us, not down to us, Mm -hmm. right? That was what was really important to me. But I also remember thinking that, you know, this is a really good way to learn about the internet, right? You you, you can't go to internet school, especially in 07. Everything was even even shorter lifespan than for technology. But this seemed to be a good way. And I looked at, like, our original business plan. I think we overestimated how many ads we could sell, but we were going to sell ads from day one. We were shooting for 50,000 page views a month. And that was like where we topped out in our mind. And we thought that would make us like 10 grand a month because we didn't understand how anything went for CPMs and stuff like that. Um, but the other interesting thing was that in 08, so like whatever, that would have been three months after we launched, we went to work getting real writers. Yeah. Like we had, thankfully, Brownlee. Brownlee, right? yeah. And Brownlee came to us from the Blue Sky Limo guy. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, the Blue Sky Limo guy actually put us together with um, Brownlee and Gregor. Yeah. And we remember, I remember him because when we had our bar and it was shutting down, we were doing something with him. 
And I remember he came in and we met with him. And he was like, internet, that's the way things are going to go. My website has all these amazing internet things. And I'm like, this guy really understands the internet. It's interesting that he does limousines. He and was, he put us in touch with Brownlee. Yeah. And I think that warm handoff was really what gave us credibility. Well, that was a fun, like, he was interested in what we were doing. That was just a function of like going out and trying to talk to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. um, like even when we did like the Bring Ryan Home site, that's what caught the attention of Hudson's. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they wanted to talk to us about what we were doing with that mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, we we're able to say, like, holy shit, 30,000 people came here in three weeks. Like, this is crazy. So they realized that there was something there. But, like, you guys go do it. Mm -hmm. We're going to support you when it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that was that was really interesting. And so, like, you know, going out and finding those guys was just a function of being like, okay, hey, like, we are going to turn this into a business, and we're going to go talk and blind e cold email and cold call as many people. And then all of a sudden, like, good conversations uh, struck up. And then we got introduced to Gregor. And that was a little bit of a long sell. In the remember going of, to Century Grill with him? Did you come to that meeting? Or was that just me? Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. how he's just like, I don't care about anything or anybody. You guys shut your mouths and get out of here. We're like, well, this didn't go very well at all. Yeah, he's like, so what, like, yeah, what, what's this <laughs> going to be? Like, you want me to blog for you? And we're like, uh, well, yeah, actually. And just kind of. But it took a little bit of time because Gregor was, uh, you know, he knew. All, he only knew radio. Yeah. And uh, and radio was his life. He was going to make a big, big career in radio, which he has done. Yeah, he was um, still doing the nighttime show at that point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was still like you know in his you know arc of his career, still kind of small potatoes mm -hmm. uh, at that time. He's yeah doing nighttime. Uh, what was it, gridiron show or yeah, yeah. whatever it was yeah. called, gridiron report. It was funny because he was still Gregor. Oh yeah, still great. Yeah, Gregor he has changed. the confidence of Gregor in 2017 <laughs> yeah. no, since he, day one. He was determined. So, yeah. it, so it took some some coaxing and some convincing of like this is also a great avenue for you to grow your brand. Yeah, I remember and, talking to him, being like, "You could be one of the top red sports writers in town without being in the Journal or the Sun." And you had to hit Gregor with like things like that. Like that's how you get through to Jason Gregor. You put it in what's in it for him frames and then you like give him the best case scenario of how things can work yeah. out. And I remember he was like, "I have my own website." And I was like, "But do you sell advertising on it?" No. I'm like, "We're going to sell advertising on our website and that's how we're going to make money." And this was like 07, right? Like yeah. I can remember going in to do ad sales calls and we did so many in the first years and people were like, "I've never spent a penny online in yeah, like company's history." Yeah. yeah. And then when we got that deal with Rogers, uh, that was like in 2010, so that had been the third year where we were getting like pretty good money on a five-year deal. That was like to me was when we'd really arrived. Oh yeah, I time. can remember driving there, calculating like you could get a Bentley with the amount of money that we're getting in a monthly commitment from them. Like, what would you need a Bentley for? Like, I don't know, but we could get one, and that's the point of a sixty-thousand-dollar-year business. I remember finding it just as a fan, and looking at it and thinking how different it was. Yeah, because you used to do the. The MS Paint, like it was very Perez Hilton style yeah. covering the Oilers. And I was hooked. And then on game days, like you guys mentioned, going into the comment section, causing a ruckus, later finding out I was essentially talking to you guys <laughs> as 15 different people. But like one guy would be on your side, another yeah. guy wasn't on your side in the argument. We took sides. It was, you were uh, the first real human being that we ever spoke to. It was, it was a good time, man, back then. It was a really good time. And then now it's interesting, even just on this trip to Calgary, some of the people like the towel boy yeah. that have been there since day one that, yeah. is, that are still with us. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's, it's cool to see. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, it's, it, you know, the folks that I talk to on Instagram and stuff like that, it's funny because about 2011, 
I started really fanboying, right, and being gushing over players and being all hilarious and weird and whatnot because I was trying to boost my female readership, right? Like, <laughs> how the hell can I relate to women? Uh, I guess I'll just, like, fanboy over Oilers. And it's really funny because I had, like, a crew of, like, 15 and 16 year old girls and we would get together on twitter and squee about stuff but now they're all like 26 right it's like must be how like backstreet boys feel watching their fans age like there's one lady i won't say because i don't know if she even knows that i've been not creeping but just following along like she's had a kid she's married like when i first met her she was in high school right like god damn like that's when i know it's been 10 years yeah, that's I know true. it's been 10 years with the people that I talk to a lot on social, watching them hit the milestones of their lives. I really enjoy when we actually, you know, the nation becomes like a real life social setting and we do the trips and have the parties and actually talk to everyone. It's, it's, it, that's when it really feels like we've, we've built something mm-hmm. is when you like, you know, we sit on the bus, I talk, I, I was fat dad. No, actually, you know what? Shout out to fat dad, 69, fat dad Snake 69. for being the MVP of the trip down to Calgary. Yeah. Nice, nice. That is one hilarious dude. He was a wrecking ball. Like he was just a runaway train and no one was stopping him. Yeah. Fantastic. I was, I was sitting around with him and a few other guys and just like, like I said, I wanted to just kind of sit with people, not, not like the nation crew, just to chat. It's just really interesting to hear what they had to say and what they think the nation is. Uh, and that's what, to me, is like when you do these types of things, what makes it feel like, wow, like, yeah, sure, page views and all this and revenue and all that stuff. But that's what it feels like what, like what we've really actually done. Like when we have the party on Saturday night, we're going to be handing out just name tags so you can write your Twitter handle on it. And it's fun cruising around kind of the pint, talking to people like, oh, you're this guy. Oh, you're that guy. We've talked to each other for five years now since I've – four years now I've been at this company. And it's just neat to see the community rally around events – uh, the charitable things that we do. Everybody's involved. Everybody's into it. We all have a great time. Yeah. There's a really good group of people. Last weekend, I know we're going to have the same on Saturday. It's just a really cool community you guys have built. Did you ever expect like yes. the, the party side of it where it was the lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Because that's where we're from, right? We're yeah. bar guys. And so we've been having parties for Oilers games since we were tots right and i remember thinking like this is gonna be a really cool thing because we'll have this website with all these real reporters and then we'll take our friends and our fans and our readers and we'll go and do shit and go on trips and do stuff like that right do you remember when we went to chicago with suds and then we bumped into the nation guy went to the chicago cubs game with him yeah so we're in chicago or doing it big and and i think i'm tweeting that i'm there and some guy's like i live in chicago and i'm like wow and so we went to the game with him super nice guy i can't remember his name but super super nice guy yeah. his, his social name isn't his real name it's yeah and then we're in Anaheim last year. No, play. no, San Jose. San Jose. And we're walking down the street post-win, air guns shooting in the air. We hear, hey! We look, it's the guy from Chicago. He'd flown to San Jose. Then we went out with him again. That, to me, is like the coolest stuff, right? Like Human Torch, the yep. guy in Amsterdam. We're yeah. in Europe, and we're tweeting that we're in Europe. And then somebody answers. He's like, I live in Amsterdam. And we've probably, I think I've seen that guy four times yeah. in ten years. Good Scott, dude. Good, good dude. Yeah. If you're in Amsterdam, shout him out. We moved. Oh, where's he now? He's still in Europe. He works for Adidas. I think he lives in like Holland still, but he's a a big time. Rotterdam. That's the other funny thing too, is like seeing people that we've known who've turned into big successes, which is kind of funny too, right? Like when we first met him, he's like, I moved to Amsterdam. You know why? (laughs) And now he's like big baller designer guy doing all sorts of cool shit. I always get, I still get excited. Like when I see like a nation gear order come from like a foreign country, that's always cool to see. Yeah. I always get excited when we're just, fucking around on Twitter on game days or whatever. And 
the verified checkmark people, like the legitimate celebrity type people that are involved and in the mix now. Like, I love it. We're doing a little bit of a teaser. We're doing a little bit of a video compilation for the party on Saturday of some of the friends of the nation and just some of the people that have sent us stuff. It's really cool to see where this thing is stretched out to. Are we going to take those vids and put them online? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, it's not going to. Oh, yeah. there's some secret stuff you can only show. The some line? stuff that can only be seen within four, wall, four walls, and some can be shared with the public. Like what? I, well, I can't well, just say. give me a little. Give it's me a, little a public whisper. podcast. Well, just tell me what. Don't say who, but tell me what no. you can't show. Oh, it's just, it's just swear like words. A, well, yeah, if someone's just being out of character and they just want to keep it within the confines of the event and not be pushed out publicly, so we're just going to respect that. Certain. Ooh. Yeah, there's certain people that did videos for us that maybe you probably shouldn't have. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Shout out to our boy Kissel there who, uh, you know, just kept it super nation. Can't and just swear on Yeah, like, that's, you know, that's what it all. Let's just get, you know, let's just crush some beer, watch some hockey, yeah. and just try to reset our emotions for next well, season. While he's in a boat fishing. It, exactly. It's just like Eric Johnson, who's on, uh, he was just in the Fifty Shades movies. Yeah. Uh, huge fan of the nation. Yeah. Well, I reached out to him, and he's just like, whatever you guys need, man. And oh, he cool. put editing. He put thought into his video. Oh, um, he's, he's it's creative. just really cool to see. I remember he's now on Vikings, Eric Johnson. That's my, one of my favorite shows, which is so cool. Fifty Shades of Grey is my favorite trilogy. Uh, it's funny talking <laughs> to him. I remember the first time talking to him, and he's like, hey, man, like if you ever need any help with anything, and this is really early on, I'm like, yeah, okay, great. He's like, I don't know how to say this, but like I'm famous. And I was like, huh? And then I did the research and figured out he'd been young Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. Yeah, he was. Young Brad Pitt, like, respects yeah. that that's your life. And he's, like, our age and came from Edmonton. And it's just interesting to see the different paths people go on in life, right? Because yeah. he was an actor 10 years ago, and he's an actor now. He's a much, much bigger actor yeah. now. You know, being in the Fifty Shades trilogy, you watch him, like, at the hotel in Paris. Did you ever see that? Where he comes out before, I think it was the second one's premiere. And people were, like, mobbing him and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like, ha! That's our Interesting friend. enough about that particular premiere, he was uh, DMing me pictures from the red carpet from that night. What? Yeah, he was being swarmed by Cougs, and it was hilarious. Wow. Yeah, great dude, Eric that Johnson. Such a good dude. First yeah. time we met him, he showed up at Old Nation HQ yeah. with beef jerky and beer. Yeah. Beef jerky? And beer. He's my kind of man. Exactly. All right, well, we'll see everybody on Saturday if you're coming down. Great. If you're not, we're going to try and push some content out that we're allowed to show. I don't know what secret content we're not allowed to push out, but maybe I'll make cryptic reference to who, what it was without saying who it was or get some sort of information out there. But uh, that's it for this week in the Real Life Podcast. Thanks, guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.